0: This is Alan Schemmel, DevOps.com here for another DevOps chat, and I'm happy to have Julian Dunn, Product Manager of Chef, joining us today.
1: Good morning, Julian. How are you? Good morning, Alan. I'm doing very well. I'm melting a little bit because it's very hot in New York, but uh, you know, other than that, perfect summer day. Yeah,
0: it's July in New York. It happens, uh, Julian. Not we could talk about weather. We I've certainly been traveling enough to see different ones, but let's let's focus in a bit. Um, on what I wanted to really talk to you about today, and that is Chef's new Habitat offering. Um, let's assume a listener doesn't know what Habitat is at this point. Give them a quick quick kind of elevator pitch on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you've read any of the materials and things like that, we're using this tagline called application automation. And what, you know, what on earth does that actually mean? Well, what is the problem that Habitat solves for people? So you're an application developer today, And what you end up doing as an application developer is what you want to do is you want to spend a lot of your time doing the business logic and writing the business code that is actually going to differentiate you from your competitors, right? So if you're working at JCPenney, let's say, you're trying to write features for JCPenney's website or mobile application or whatever to differentiate you from Macy's and Target and Neiman Marcus or whoever your whoever your competitors are, right? But the experience of being a developer today actually ends up being that before you write any of that program code, you have to spend a lot of time in the weeds and dealing with what I call sort of the plumbing-oriented aspects of doing the programming, right? So just imagine if you were an interior decorator and you wanted to simply decorate your bedroom to, to whatever you wanted in there, you know, damask curtains and what have you, but you'd spend most of your time dealing with the electrical and the plumbing and not a particularly nice experience. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that When you make those choices about what plumbing and what electrical systems you're going to use, that actually changes how your room is decorated. I mean, how absurd would that be, right? Mm -hmm. And so... The notion of trying to let the application developer be able to concentrate mostly on developing their program code and make a lot of those infrastructural choices later led us to develop uh, Habitat, which is something that takes a little bit of a different approach than how we've built IT systems in the past, right? It's kind of back to my analogy of the plumbing. In the past, we've built sort of up from the bottom towards the application. Right? So we build, we choose an operating system, we choose a bunch of stuff that sits on top of the operating system. Eventually, at some point, we reach the application. right? And that's an incredible waste of time the application developer who actually wants to start up here and define what their program logic is right? and how that application should behave in a lot of different scenarios. And if you sort of start at the top and move towards the infrastructure, that's the, the, the surface area that you actually end up owning is the application developer. We believe that, that is Habitat.
0: Very cool, and and hence the name, then, right? When you explain it that way, the name Habitat actually makes a heck of a lot of sense. Um, That's right. Yep. So, Julian, this is uh, some would say, you know, you can see where Habitat is is analogous, not adjacent to kind of the space that Chef plays in already. It's it's a much bigger mission, if you will. than than just,
1: you know, what Chef has done to date. Is that a fair statement? It sure is. It sure is. You know, Chef, I think, initially started out, obviously, right, with a configuration management product that was very infrastructure-oriented. And... Over time, you've seen that our product portfolio and what we're trying to do is a lot larger than just infrastructure configuration management, right? And we kind of describe ourselves today as an automation company. We solve a bunch of automation problems wherever automation is needed to help reduce people's right, time to market, or burdensome activities that they need to do in very repeated ways, right, to, to really free people up, no matter what their problem domain is, to being able to do the really intelligent parts of their job, the thinking parts of their job, right? And you'll see that, you know, as we released Chef Delivery, which is a workflow system that allows people to, to basically implement, if you will, the principles that are in a lot of the, the books out there, like Jeffs Humble's Lean Enterprise, that tell you this is the shape of how you should be delivering software out to production. Mm-hmm. You know, Basically, something like Chef Delivery is an automation, a reification of that, that technology, or that those ideas, right? And then when we, per- when we d- made the acquisition of VolcanoSec, which is the German security company, and that gave us InSpec and Chef Compliance, us automating the work of compliance officers, security officers, Right, folks that spend a lot of time right there their job today their pain and their experiences they spend a lot of time manually poking around systems and putting out fires manually because they don't have a good framework in a system for describing the correctness of a particular system right and so now as we move into right where as a product organization you want to be one that's 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 trying to address people's pain points, right, and when we started looking at what the pain was for an application developer, and they spend so much time dealing with the nuts and bolts instead of actually writing the code, we're like, how, wh- why why are systems built in this way? We really went down a path of inquiry, and we, we came up with Habitat as a way to, that's way more application developer centric than the infrastructure, perhaps infrastructure centric things that we've built in the past.
0: Sure. Just two thoughts on that, Julian. I'd like to explore with you. One is, look, I, I'm not—I don't hold myself out to be a product manager at Chef or anywhere near that, uh, you know, integrated into it. But it feels to me, anyway, that you know, the Chef compliance and the Chef delivery are very tactical pieces that extend, embrace, and extend Chef's core configuration management capabilities right where habitat to me is more of a strategic rather than tactical uh type of of play here where you're you're looking to set the the game the grounds right the 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 stadium that we play in the whatever you want to call it the field right and so it's a it's a different and again i might be wrong i'll I'll defer to you but if it feels different to me
1: it is, it is different in, in the sense that it's a little bit iconoclastic, you're right, in that it challenges some of the approaches that folks have been doing to try and deploy applications and get the sort of modern application characteristics that they want out there. And those characteristics are really great. I mean, one thing that's really, as we developed this product, really caught forced us to focus in on what does a modern application look like? What characteristics does it have? Those characteristics are things like it should be deployed immutably. Um, It should be deployed atomically in that it's either installed or it's not, right? It should have certain characteristics built in. It should be aware of, it should know how to behave when it's deployed in different scenarios, right? In different, what we call topologies. So Mm -hmm. you can think of on a developer laptop, you might just have one instance. In a production environment, you probably have a number of instances, and they would have some relationship with one another, right? They might have you know, one where you send all the writes to, and the other ones are the reads, right? There might be some that are, like if you think of a caching system, right? They might be hierarchical, where there's sort of a first, second, and third layer cache, like a squid or something like that, right? So there's relationships between these entities, these application components, and one thing that we realize as we're developing Habitat is, when, you know, as as folks develop more complex applications, and those applications are actually distributed systems, folks haven't really spent a lot of time figuring out how to dis- describe those relationships in a way that imbues the applications themselves with the understanding about how they're related to other components, right? the ways in which people have tried to solve the relationship problem between these components is to create a sort of a central system, an orchestrator, if you will, that defines those relationships. And the trouble with an orchestrator is it becomes a single point of failure. And as we know, that's not really compatible with with the cloud, right? Where in the cloud, it, they tell you, you really shouldn't have single points of failure because you're on an unreliable fabric, right? So you really should have a system that knows how to recover and continue to function the, beha- in, the in the face of failure of one or additional Components, right, and so that's where we started to come up, come up, come about with the architecture and the design of habitat and how aware, how self-aware these individual components should be.
0: Absolutely. Um, just one other
1: kind of comment
0: or observation, and that is, you're right, right? Configuration management and and compliance, you know, seem to be operational, or at least lead with operational, where Habitat clearly is a play in the developer uh, specter. But it's all supposed to be one under DevOps, right? I mean, we don't want to – I'm not into creating divisions between developers and and, and uh, operators, and I'm sure
1: you guys aren't either, Julian. But, right. but clearly but a different focus. Good. I was about to say, Alan. You know the dirty secret of DevOps. My observation: I've been doing this for a number of years, and I, I you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But like, I, my my feeling about the dirty secret of DevOps, and I go to DevOps days and these conferences, and you, you survey the audience and you look at who the who the folks in the room are, right? And it's like something like if you're lucky, it's still eighty percent ops and twenty percent devs, right? It is. It's and ops so, devs. So yeah, right. So DevOps has been very much about ops taking a lot of the good practices from dev and learning a little bit of coding and learning that there's a proper workflow and that you should have tests for stuff. Well, even, even if you're not doing automated tests like kind of chef tests, at least you should have some system for testing stuff before you just go and log into a box and make changes in production or whatever. So it's almost like there's this information flow that's gone one way, but the information flow hasn't really gone in the other way. Even, Although we've had a number of iterations and generations of this technology. So when we started asking the question, why, why have we kind of gotten from the brick wall to sort of more on English hedgerow, if you will, between Dev and Ops? How can we further develop capabilities to break down the, you know, the, even the English hedgerow, if you will?
0: Makes a lot of sense. So. Julian, unfortunately, we've only got twelve or fourteen minutes here, and we're running out of time. I want a couple other things I wanted to hit. Um, We're recording this just the week before ChefCon, uh, which is next week down in Austin, Texas, uh, or July, excuse me, August, July uh, twelfth and thirteenth, or eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth, technically. And of course, I'm sure you'll be there. there. Will there be a lot of habitat kind of information and presentation?
1: There will. There's going to be three major talks, um, and we're sort of building them as the Habitat 101, 201, 301 kind of talks, right? There's an intro, and then sort of how Habitat fits into the ecosystem, and sort of the 201-level to- talk. And then there's the, a deep dive into, you know, the, why we made the technological choices that we did, the system design, and things like that. And that's the 301-level talk. At ChefConf, we're also going to have something called the Habitat Zone, and we'll program that with a few talks as well. the speakers from the 101, 201, 301. They're going, to, they're going to answer the Q&A in the Habitat zone. That's going to be near the registration area. And um, we'll also have sort of uh, community building. It's one thing I didn't mention, I don't know, if Alan, if you mentioned it, but Habitat is a fully open source project. Yes, under
0: an Apache
1: 2.0 license. Under the Apache 2.0 license, and we right. believe that that we needed to make it open source to really engender a great community, similar to how we created a huge community around Chef, um, and you know just ways in which uh, folks can contribute to that Habitat community is by writing uh, plans that can build packages that live within the Habitat ecosystem. There's you know just think of how many packages are out there within a typical kind of Linux distribution, right? There's a lot of surface area that we we would want to cover with people creating Habitat plans. That's a great way for folks to get started. We'll have some programs. In the Habitat Lounge, to talk about that with folks.
0: Yep. Julian, I'm going to do my best to at least get the audio of this up before in the next day or so if I can't get it later today. And, and anyone hearing this, if you are in Austin or near Austin and you're not already going to ChefCon, really should look into it. Uh, you can get information, I guess, at getchef.io. I'm sure they'll be listed there. Just Google ChefCon. Um, Julian, unfortunately, we're just about out of time. But you know what? Maybe we'll pick this up down in Austin and we'll do a part two or something. Uh, Great. Absolutely. I want to thank you for joining us today on DevOps Chats. And um, great. You know, I'd love to see Habitat really uh, take off here. Continued success to Chef and and all the gang there.
1: Absolutely. Thanks very much, Alan.
0: Okay. Julian Dunn, product manager. Of Chef. Thanks for appearing on this episode of DevOps Chats. We'll see everyone next time. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com.